India Charts the truth about the markets India Charts publishes Nifty Daily daily video updates the weekly Elliott Wave outlook and the long shot report covering all asset classes Good evening everyone this is the 20th of January 2022 we are into the third week of this month pre expiration week next week is the monthly expiry and then following that the next week is going to be the union budget so what we've seen over the last couple of days is what i've been calling even in my media interviews if you have seen them a routine correction and the reason i've called it a routine correction is that it feels like any other correction that we've seen for 2 3 days sometimes a larger knee jerk reaction and sometimes a smaller knee jerk reaction what has been hard to always call is the size of a knee jerk reaction it can be 100 200 points this one ended up being uh, more than 500 points right so from almost 18 uh, 300 all the way down to 17 650 is like maybe almost 700 points so that's pretty big in terms of the high to low impact uh, overall it's a 38% retracement of the entire 2000 point rally we saw from 16400 right so in that sense it's a normal 38% retracement now i call something normal depending on the size so the, in this case the size is from the 20th of december the rally uh, all the way up and then a retracement Uh, if we similarly look at the previous rally which was a, which started in april went all the way into october so that was a 6 month rally and then we saw 50% retracement of that between october and november so i even called that routine but of course at a much larger degree so it's a matter of degree uh, but the thing is every time the market starts a sell off whether at a larger degree or smaller degree somebody's got to come out and defend that this is a routine correction and that's that's ended up being me for a long period of time because Uh, i find fears really very very high uh, not all the fears are uh, without reason uh, i'm sure there are enough reasons and the media makes sure that you find enough reasons but uh, not all of them may be sound you know so just running away because there's been a routine correction i mean this started even in the april may period right so last year when we started to correct in uh, in the month of uh, march and then into april it looks something like that it was like a multi week uh, consolidation but at the time it was happening the fears of a larger correction wave one is over you'll get a big sell off 50 60% retracement all those all those discussions went on and i think once i couldn't see a five wave decline in the initial sell off a sort of back tom uh, from those possibilities you know so that sort of helped me stay away from that when what i've repeated i think over and over again is Uh, the level of rotation we've seen in this market sector wise stock wise uh, has sort of you know ended up meaning that different sectors are performing at different points of time and that has kept the overall market uh, to help it maintain its momentum having said that uh, i've also mentioned in for those of you who attended yesterday's webinar uh, you know which was hosted by uh, traders gurukul money control in in conjunction and uh, espresso Uh, which is the share khan uh, retail uh, discount broking concern i was speaking there explaining a much more complex topic more longer term in nature uh, at the end i found that you know given 2 hours i had compressed something into 1 uh, hr and 15 minutes which may have gone above some people's head but i broadly wanted to get one point across that if you study the long term macro cycles of the of the economy that occur over a 50 to 100 year time horizon then uh, i am able to sort of point that we might have passed the point of a deflationary event into an inflationary period and sort of what that really means is that whatever started in march of 2020 is a new bull market 
and that bull market might not be over. Uh, yes, at some point of time, you can get that deeper correction. I haven't anticipated one yet. But yes, after the current rally, which is still ongoing, not over, maybe I'll try to consider it uh, for the first time. I tried, for example, like I said, I tried it in March of last year. We didn't get an impulsive decline. I backed off uh, in October and November. I wasn't on top of it because I was uh, sick for a while. But even then, when I came back, I didn't think it was a big sell-off. And many, many stocks and sectors have only ended up consolidating during that two-month correction that we saw in November and December. And that's what gives me this sense of confidence that whatever is starting now is of a slightly uh, larger nature. Or at least it's a new rally that will last for a while before we give up again. And then that give up, will it be again similar to these recent you know, six-week corrections that we've seen, another one of the same type and then again move up and then another same type? Or is it going to end and then we go into a deeper one-year-long pullback? I think the rotation factor tells you that, you know, it can go on with ups and downs, uh, higher highs, higher lows and, uh, you know, corrections along the way from a sector specific point of view. But if we uh, remove that and look at the structure, yes, every time it will look like five waves up done, we are going to get that feeling that, you know, maybe we should look for, for a correction. So we'll do a bit of both uh, and try to only identify places where a correction is possible. And sometimes we even proven wrong on that because uh, while I did think the auto sector would, you know, take off in October and then it looked like, okay, maybe it can go into a consolidation because it had already been through a six month consolidation uh, in the prior period, you know, all the way from early uh, 2021 till I think September and then it was breaking out of that. So it should have been the start of a new move. And then again, it didn't make an, it, it just made a new high and then gave up and that sort of, you know, uh, starts, gets us to question whether the move was for real. I've already published the auto index chart, I think, a few days back on social media. And uh, we've switched back to the original idea that it could be a new move from the October, September lows and into October. So, so we'll stick with that as long as it works. So this is how you're going to have to do it. Uh, there are, in fact, sectors that did not fall at all. Uh, and uh, in fact, even in the last three-day correction, while uh, it may have felt painful and I already got people calling me and talking about it going back to 16,400, something I'm trying to defend. The fact is that uh, the fall, at least in terms of wave structure, which is the model that we follow, uh, the decline into today's low is still corrective. It was the same yesterday. Intraday at some point, it may have looked like five waves, but with all the zigzag movements by the end of the day, it's again looking like a corrective retracement. And so far, like I said, 38% retracement of the entire rise. While that was happening in the last two days, we've actually seen strength in some sectors, you know, especially in the cash market. A lot of the energy and power stocks were actually up yesterday and uh, continued to hold on to those gains today. The same we've seen in PSU stocks. We've seen it in the metal index, uh, one which I've been bullish on, uh, mostly because I've ended up looking at the underlying commodities that are holding strong irrespective of the fears around the dollar and bond yields, you know. So bond yields keep putting pressure on the dollar on the upside. I've had a long debate on that. I don't know when exactly the dollar will roll over and confirm my view, but I do think that all the upward moves in the dollar have been counter trend. So that have really not changed. And once we get that confirmation, uh, it will probably give more confidence to the rest of the street because the way I am looking at it is not looking at the dollar first, but looking at everything else. You know, and if I look at everything else and everything else is not giving up, then we end up continuing to hold a strong view on uh, the dollar being the one that's wrong and not everything else, you know, so that's that's an approach I've been trying to push uh, even through my nonsensical uh, Hindi, jai Hindi jibes 
hoping to get that point across because uh, there's too much uh, you know nonsense out there which is not really paying attention to what the market is trying to tell you but simply to narratives that are floating around or being talked about in the media because that's what is the hot topic of the day uh, so coming back to the main point if you are really looking at either the metal index where the weekly momentum last week had crossed over you know to the buy side that's the roits momentum indicator now available on share country tiger if you are a user of that you can you probably have access to it already and uh, on a weekly chart uh, we did get the buy crossover on the bse uh, metal index or the nse metal index and even if we look at commodity prices we have a new high now in nickel we have zinc almost having retraced a significant part of the decline it had seen in the last two months uh, your aluminium prices have having retraced you know 80% of that loss and uh, copper is the only one that maybe up, may appear to lag a bit because uh, that's where uh, that was the hottest commodity i think at the uh, start of the entire commodity move uh, but and all of that we cannot really ignore that agro commodities have held out pretty well we have a breakout in things like wheat sugar in the last couple of days and coffee and uh, even soya bean almost close to the breakout point so soya oil that is uh, and so and soya bean prices have been going up uh, so most of these agro commodities also have started their next leg higher all of which simply confirms with my larger thesis that we are in a commodity cycle that's so much larger in nature backed by uh, by the weak dollar and uh, commodity cycles don't just end you know we've had had a year year and a half two years of this and you just can't end it because you've had two years of this it can last for 5 to 10 years and so you can have corrections in between and the important thing to see is the best time to get a correction is when the dollar goes up and after a 50% retracement in the dollar index during 2021 the correction we've really seen in the metals and agro space is very very meager except maybe in one or two which got a deep cut most of the have simply gone sideways and you know seen some kind of a broad consolidation range not a deep uh, retracement or a trend reversal and so that is why where the confidence comes in that at some point of time the whole thing is going to reverse and you're going to see the resumption of the upward trend and there are already many early signs of that happening so i'm going to be uh, you know i've been promising i think since last week i'm going to be writing my long shot report part 2 uh, i already started Uh, but didn't conclude it. I think all the volatility of this week, maybe, and the event that I had early on, uh, mid of this week, sort of consumed my time, or else I should have put it out. And of course, we started the mentorship program batch, uh, and a new batch on, and we had that on Sunday, the first session. So sort of that took up all my time, but I'm uh, trying to push myself to possibly complete it and have it out uh, uh, at or before this weekend. So uh, that should be out with you know much more detailed analysis of this. situation that i'm talking about but generally looking at it like i said there's strength in the market today also the breath was you know almost flat 1800 stocks up 1700 stocks down and uh, key sectors actually holding out between yesterday and today uh, which were like i said uh, some of the strong ones are actually energy metals and psu one of the outliers which i also spoke about yesterday and i've been hearing this a lot and i'm getting more and more conviction is actually going to be banking itself you know so people have sort of given up on the banking sector the reason for that is that 2021 was a long consolidation phase during which broadly speaking they underperformed even though they did move up in between once you got the sell off in october and december on a one year basis they would have been flat to negative but i think that phase is over and what you are now starting is much more impulsive you know so when when the rally in uh, banks started in uh, uh, april and may of last year actually it didn't look impulsive and we were questioning that move since then 
and now what we see is a very very impulsive rally from the bottom that we've made in december very clear five waves up the pullback is only a 23 percent retracement of that first rally so actually the retracement in bank nifty is much smaller than what we got in the nifty itself so it actually shows strength towards uh, bank nifty having come back and I don't, I don't think that's just a temporary event. I think it's something you're going to see in all of uh, 2022. So much to people surprised, those who've given up on banking. Banking is probably going to be one of the outperforming sectors of the year as, uh, you know, demand picks up or at least the CAPEX cycle kicks in again, something that a lot of people are fundamentally anticipating. And uh, uh, once that happens, it clearly leads to uh, uh, more credit growth for the banking sector that's just one of the triggers there could be definitely others uh, whether it comes from you know interest rate spreads widening and so on those could be you know other reasons uh, why that could kick in as bond yields move up a bit and uh, the whole fear trade around bond yields might might not be such a big one i mean i think maybe the markets discounting in advance the events that are likely to happen over the next year because they've already been announced and they've been very well telecast or transmitted through uh, word of mouth, which is another another form of monetary policy for those who, you know, uh, ha have been students of economics. You know that monetary policy is not just about actually moving something, but it's also often conducted uh, by uh, the language used by central banks. And so that's, I think, the impact you're seeing right now. All the language that has been used has caused uh, at least world markets, specifically the U.S. market, uh, to go into some kind of a correction on the fear of rising yields but once i think the markets have sort of absorbed that uh, they will start playing out on on the broader theme of inflation plus growth which is still not completely gone away you might get a slowdown in the rate of growth but i don't think growth has completely uh, gone away as yet and so that that uh, is will continue to be one of the drivers uh, of the market in fact what could change is that if the us market is going to grow much more slowly uh, and since it's already moved up a lot, it could actually end up perform the rest of the, uh, you know, other developed markets like Europe or the emerging market space. And I think that's the, those are the trends to really watch out for in 2022. So I think this is what is really going on. This week's corrections just got to do with expiration because the options, especially the stock options hit their, you know, physical delivery based settlement next week. And so usually many times in this week, you end up getting a correction uh, because of that. Uh, it creates a shakeout and then uh, everybody uh, who's in the options market has to lock into those trades as margins start going up from Friday into next week. It causes a lot, uh, you know, unwinding for, for people who don't really want to hold on or pay those margins. Once that is done, I think the clear trend only emerges from tomorrow or from Monday and sometimes even after expiry. So we'll see whether whether we, we see the clarity develop. But I do think we are very, very oversold. So you might start a bounce, whether it gains momentum immediately or it's slow and steady as we head into the budget. Uh, the setup is very, very interesting because last year also the market had actually sold off for four to five days ahead of the budget. Uh, but of course, that time it did right before the budget. And so it bottomed out just a day before uh, the budget announcements and uh, then reversed very, very sharply from there. But it had a very, very similar oversold reading uh, on hourly charts like the one we have today. And so that's why uh, it's interesting to me that you know you have a similar setup except that it's ha happening several days ahead of the event itself. So last time it we topped out on the 20th of January. Today we are already at the low point on the 20th of January. So what does it mean? Because last time we actually bottomed a day before the budget and then we rallied into uh, February and then topped out there and uh, probably made a slightly higher high only in the Nifty in the first week of March. 
whereas uh, this time around we are if if we do bottom over here which is the 20th of january does it mean we are going to rally into the budget and then hit a wall or this time the budget has actually got some kind of positive surprises but then again uh, that was also the case last year so whether the correction happens one day before or happens one week before the event that might be less relevant than what the structure of the market really is and i think the structure so far is for a move higher and that sort of means uh, what i've been thinking is that this year's budget is also going to be quite positive in terms of its outcome there's good reason to believe that because they have space to make it positive the government has good tax windfall uh, they have room to spend on all the right places to whether it's to uh, boost up the rural economy or whether it's really to create that infrastructure spend pace to really continue and keep the capex uh, cycle going into next year so they have room to do all of that uh, and they most probably should uh, if they don't it would be a negative surprise but uh, having said that the way things have gone over the last year has created room for them to continue doing what they have done and keep the economic momentum going and why would they really back off from that when uh, it's one of the things that will get them brownie points in the year years ahead so that's my overall take uh, we are fairly well set up for a continued move uh, to the upside uh, in the weeks ahead there's no uh, doubt no change uh, even though we've seen a three day correction and world markets have been a little shaky uh, through the week but i've given enough evidence of you know how these intermarket relationships go on so you should see those posts how uh, you know both uh, the dollar and bond deals uh, behave uh, or how the uh, us and indian markets have been behaving over the last uh, 12 months uh, with with some kind of an inversion and uh, unless the us really goes through a massive turmoil where you know they break weekly ranges and uh, you know lose 20% or something that would be very very different unless something like that happens Uh, the inversion really points towards phases where uh, you know we are sort of slightly disconnected from what is happening in the US and like i said earlier the bigger trend to watch out for would be the reemergence of outperformance of emerging markets relative to the US market and that's a trend to really keep a very very close eye on so that's all from me for today uh, and wish you all a great week ahead thank you Nothing in this podcast is investment advice. Views on financial markets are in good faith to expand your understanding of how markets work. Please consult a registered financial advisor for the same. And yes, please share this podcast with everyone you think can benefit from this knowledge.